All right. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, it is a, um, it is, it's an, I love whenever we have baptism Sundays. Like they're just so much fun. Like they are, that they're a great time. And so this morning, even um, what I'm teaching on is a very basic teaching of baptism this morning. Um, you know, it, it is it, it is one of those things, and and the, the title of today's message is "Going Public." Now, I, I could, I mean, I could bore you guys with all the depth of baptism, and I'm really going to try not to do that this morning because it's so in depth, so amazing. And so, I mean, like just rich with so much to it. And I'm like, oh man, every time I study more, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. But I think a lot of people would be like, that's, that's neat, Chris. I'm glad you enjoy that. And so I'm, I'm not going to do that today, but I'm going to give us a real understanding of what it means for us to be able to be public with our faith. You know, like when, when a company goes public... Hold on just a second. Dad, did you just say, I thought I heard you say, did you say it's not coming through on Facebook, the live stream? All right. Well, Jesse will fix that in a second. He walked out there for a second and he was going to fix it. So, all right. I got it. Yeah. All right. My mom's trying to listen online and so she should just come to church. No, I'm just kidding. No, she's, she's recovering well from her surgery this last week. Thank everybody for praying. She said she wanted to make sure and thank everyone because uh, she, she's doing, doing well with the recovery and so we can keep praying for quick quick recovery on, on the other side of that. But um, so when a company goes public, all of a sudden, everybody who wants to knows what's going on in that company, right? All the things are disclosed. I mean, everything that they had been doing privately for however long they'd been a private company now are open to the public. And then people can see the inner workings of all of these things. And that is what going public, you know, is, is that, that, that's the whole tie in. And that, that's a lot of what baptism is as well. So many people have different ideas about baptism. And today there's probably people in here who have been taught different things, who have learned different things, or who have thought different things about baptism as well. And so I want to go through and just kind of biblically talk about what baptism is and what it isn't. All right. So let's dive in. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm a dad now. I got cheesy jokes. I'm sorry. But the word baptism or baptize, it comes from the Greek word baptizo. And in the Greek, it literally means to dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge. To cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water, to wash oneself or to bathe. Or it also means to overwhelm. It means to actually to overwhelm. So this morning I have three points about baptism that I want to talk about. And when it comes to water baptism, usually the, I mean my first point's almost kind of two points, but I like to have things in three points, so I kind of cheated on the first one. But, and, and the first one is called the two big questions. So it's kind of two points in one. But the two big questions that people tend to have with baptism is, why do we need it? If, if getting saved, if asking Jesus into my heart to be the Lord of my life, to be my Savior, then kind of what's the big deal about water baptism? But I want to just take a few minutes and talk about this. And if for no other reason... 
The reason that we need to be baptized is because Jesus commanded us to do it. And he also did it himself. I mean, I don't know how many of us actually realize that Jesus was actually baptized in water. And in Matthew chapter 3, it says this. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. See, Jesus right here, he says that God requires it. And I think that that's such a cool thing because Jesus did what God said to do. If anybody ever on earth had an excuse and had a reason to be like, meh, I don't really need to. I'm pretty sure it was Jesus, right? And yet here he is saying, I'm doing this because God has asked me to do this. I'm doing this because my father wanted me to do this. And I only do what I hear the father say for me to do. And I only say the things I hear the father say for me to say. And so he went out and he was obedient. And he said, I need to be baptized. As I was thinking about this this week, I thought, man, if Jesus needed to be baptized, how much more did I need to be baptized? Right? If Jesus needed it, I definitely need it. It's, it's like those people who say, do I really need the Holy Spirit to go into my life? You know, and everything else. I mean, man, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I mean, you need the Holy Spirit in everything you do. Right? And Jesus says, hey, this is something that we need to do. And one of the things that we have to remember, when we have accepted Jesus as our Savior... He's not only our Savior, we are also saying, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Now, as Americans, we don't really like that term, Lord, because that means that we are not in control. But the reality is, is that if Jesus is Lord of my life, he's the boss, not me. And I like him to be the boss of almost every area of my life. But there's some areas that I'm going, eh, you know, I kind of still like to be in charge of that one. And it usually doesn't work out very well. But when we realize that Jesus has told us to be baptized, and then we remember that, yes, he's Lord of my life, then there's really only kind of one thing that we need to do. That's be baptized, right? <clears throat> I personally know people who intellectually acknowledge Jesus, but they won't get water baptized. And a lot of times, this is the case with adults, with grown-ups. Because, you know, the, the thought process is, well, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed, but I haven't done it at this point in my life. What's really the harm right now? I don't know that I really need to. And then the other reason why a lot of people tend to have that thought is because they're afraid of what their friends might think if they found out that they were baptized. 
They're afraid of what their coworkers might think, their boss might think. Oh man, you just went and got baptized? Hmm, all right, you're one of those people. And there becomes this fear of man that, that just kind of wells up inside of us. So we're like, no, 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 it's okay. I mean, I, I, I love Jesus. Everything's fine. But we're afraid to actually go public with it. And I actually think that that is one of the big reasons why Jesus told us to get baptized. Because of that fear. You see, when he hung on the cross, he was naked, he was mocked. And he was humiliated for my sake. He never once felt ashamed carrying all of my sin when he was hanging on the cross. Being ridiculed by everyone. He was not ashamed of me. And all he's asking me to do is get baptized. So the question we need to ask ourselves, are we a public Christian or are we a private Christian? Because the hard truth is that if we care more about what other people think about us than what God thinks of us, then the reality is we probably won't make a huge difference with our lives for the kingdom of God. That's hard. I mean, that's hard to hear because we don't like to hear that. No, Chris, you don't know me. I don't, but I know what the Bible says for us to do. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. He's the one who wrote it. All right. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says this. This is Jesus talking. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. In these scriptures, the whole context of this, Jesus is talking about how we cannot live a life that is living in the fear of man. We cannot live a life that is just so worried about what everybody else thinks and all the other things that we do. And I can make you this promise that whatever anyone will ever do to you for accepting Jesus publicly will pale in comparison to the blessings that he will pour on your life because we accepted him publicly. He's God. He's God. You will never, ever, ever regret choosing God. I'm not saying it's going to be simple or easy at all. It's very simple. It's not always going to be easy. But you will never, ever regret saying yes to Jesus. There have been times in my life that have been, I'm going, man, I kind of wish I had done something different because sometimes pastoring is really hard. As much as people think that, you know, we play golf all the time and go to coffee with people, <laughs> I wish, right? That'd be awesome. Although I'm not a good golfer, so that wouldn't really do me any good. But, but there are moments that things are so hard and so challenging. And I know every single one of us in our jobs, we have these same things. We're like, man, I love it, but wow, is it challenging at moments. But if we have said yes to God, if we have said yes to Jesus, to doing what he has asked each one of us to do, there's, it's always, always, always worth it. Always. 
I mean, there are days, like I said, have been so challenging, but even at the end of those days, I'm like, but man, God, I just thank you so much. And I love what I do. And thank you for allowing me to do what I do. Now, the second question, so this second part of point one, it is that people often ask, you know, why do we need it? But then other people ask, well, Chris, but can I be saved without it? And the funny part is, is that many people actually believe that you are not saved unless you get baptized. They believe that salvation is baptism or that it's in the baptism, I should say. That's just not right because salvation is only found in Jesus. That's all there is to it. Salvation is only found in Jesus. So to those who believe that baptism equals salvation, it's a nice thought, but it's just not biblical. And the reality is, is that even in the Bible, it it talks about, you know, like the the thief who was with Jesus on the cross. He believed in Jesus right then and there. And what was Jesus' response to him? He said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't say, Man, if you'd only been baptized yesterday, that, this could work out. <laughs> That's not what he said. You know, and, and there's people who, who accept Jesus on their deathbed. There's people who accept Jesus like right, it, right before an accident, you know, during different traumatic experiences where they experience Jesus or they, they accept him as their savior and they never got to experience baptism. And then there's also people who've just never even been taught that you need to be water baptized. Those people are still saved because salvation comes only through Jesus. However, the other side of that is that, well, okay, so Chris, if if it's not part of my salvation, then why do I need to do it? And I go back to that first part of the first point because Jesus told us to. (laughs) Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. This is for all of us. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations doing what? Baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If Jesus did not want us to baptize people, he wouldn't have told us to go baptize people. Right? Now, remember, because here's what I'm about to say in a minute. And this might really step on some traditional toes. And if that's not my intention, my intention is to bring truth to potentially a misunderstood understanding of baptism. Remember, baptism does not equal salvation. However, in many cultures and and even in some denominations, parents meaning well will baptize their child or their baby, their infant, and say, whoo, look, they've been baptized because now they're saved. Now, while it is a great practice and it is a great thing to be able to dedicate your child to the Lord, making the choice to be water baptized is something that each of us has to decide personally. It is not something that anybody can decide for you. We can definitely be saved without being baptized. But if we know what God has commanded us to do and we are... when. If we know what God has commanded us to do, and then we are willfully choosing not to do it, watch out for the rebellion, all right? Because that's, that's challenging. And that, that, that's a really bad thing to release in your life. So point number two this morning is, what does baptism mean? Water baptism means that we are taking a public stance and saying, I want everyone to know that I belong to Jesus. 
Now, I've, I've used this phrase a lot in my own life, and, and I think it's a correct phrase, but it's an incomplete phrase, where I have said that baptism is a symbol. It's a symbolic act, and it is, but it's so much more than a symbol. In Colossians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul, talking about baptism, he says this. He says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. The cutting for the cutting for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And then in Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now now we also may live new lives. See, going under the water in baptism, it symbolizes the death to sin and to our old nature. All those things that were buried with Christ whenever he died for us and he was buried in the grave, we are saying, I am wanting to publicly say, my old self is gone. Who I used to be is gone and I'm now a new creation in Christ because he did this for me. It is... Literally, a symbolic act of being born again. In Hebrews chapter 9, the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, talking about Jesus, he says, With his own blood, not the blood of goats or calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ suffered himself, excuse me, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. When the blood of Jesus paid for our sins once and for all time, And if we believe that his sacrifice on the cross was sufficient, then our consciences have been purified so that we can now live free from the past lives that we used to live. Because of what Jesus did, we are no longer bound by all the garbage that we were always bound by in the past. His blood set us free. And when we get baptized, we're saying, yes, all this stuff is dead and buried and it's staying there. But this person who's coming up out of the water is a new creation in Christ. God meets us there. I believe that there's something supernatural that happens in baptism. And God meets us there. And he does something in our hearts that only he can do. And point number three this morning, baptism is a covenant of commitment. 
So I like to think of salvation and baptism very similarly to marriage and having a wedding or wearing a ring. Because the reality is, is that I could have married Chrissy in a private ceremony. Nobody would have ever known. We could have gone and just done our own thing and we would have known that we would have been married, but the public may not have ever known. Now, we still would have been married, right? Technically, we still would have been married, but we wouldn't have been public with it. Now, when we chose to have a wedding, when we chose to, 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 to wear our rings and do all these things, we were publicly saying in front of all of our friends, in front of all of our family, in front of all the people who we loved and hopefully loved us, and that's why they were there. We're saying, I am committed to you, and I want everybody in here to know it. We went public with it. So, we have to remember that even baptism, it is that public declaration where we want everybody else to know, this is who I am now. Because the great thing is, is that when people are able to be with us in those moments and see these things that God has done in our life. And as, as, as we go through baptism, one of the great things is, is that they can remind you of that commitment you made when everything else gets really difficult in your life. Because it will. It will. Life is hard, man. There's just no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Life is hard. But I'm so grateful that I have people around me who can say, I was there that day you got baptized and I know, I know that you were giving your life to Jesus and you wanted everybody to know. And to be able to encourage each other in that, to be able to just bring encouragement to one another and build each other up when things do get so difficult. Water baptism is a covenant seal of our relationship with Christ. It is a, And a covenant relationship is the most sacred relationship that we have. I mean, the word covenant simply means to cut. But it also conveys a meaning of permanent and sacred relationship. Covenant isn't just a contract. It's not just something that says, woo, yeah, we're good buddies. No. Covenant is something that says, this is it. This is permanent. See, Jesus was cut and he established covenant our salvation with his blood when he hung on the cross. Our covenant relationship with God is the most secure relationship that we will ever, ever have. But it must be real. God established water baptism as a tangible demonstration of what happened between us and God. When God makes a covenant, there's always an outward expression of something for us to do. And this is an opportunity for us to be able to do that. Water baptism is that expression of his salvation covenant. See, this morning, guys, this, this teaching might be something that you're familiar with. Maybe it's something that you're not very familiar with. Maybe you're going, man, I never even understood all this before. I didn't know how to do this. I, I kind of knew what it was, but I didn't really know what it was. And I'm hoping that this has actually given you a little bit of a understanding 
of what baptism is and why it's important for us to be able to do these things. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, man, this is something I never thought of. I never even knew I needed to be baptized. Or maybe you're going, man, you know what? I was, I was kind of just baptized as a kid, but it wasn't my choice. Somebody else made that choice for me. And after hearing this message today, you might go, I want to know more. I do want to make this decision to be baptized. Well, you're in luck because today we're actually having baptism service right here in just a few minutes. We even have clean t-shirts out in the hallway that we'll be happy to give you that say Life Church on them. If you're going, you know what, I'm here today and I really want to get baptized. And if you're not at that point yet, that's fine, but you want to come and talk to me about it, do it. Maybe you're here this morning and you're going, you know what, I've never even asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I've never even asked him to be my savior. Then we can have that conversation too and we can pray. Because why wait another day to make a decision that will change your life forever if you haven't already made it? If everybody will just close your eyes and bow your head. We're just going to pray. And if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, if you've never asked him to be your savior, If you've never said, you know what? I recognize that I'm a sinner and I am in need of saving. And I know that Jesus is the only way that that can happen. If that's you this morning, then just right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, just raise your hand. And maybe you're here and you're kind of wrestling with these things. You're going, you know what? I I think maybe I need to get baptized. Well, if that's you, then awesome. We're going to be able to do that here in just a few minutes. We're going to pray. And after we pray, we're going to have people up here in the front who would just love to to pray with you if you need prayer for anything. And then in a few minutes, if you're wanting to get baptized, we're going to be out here in the lawn and and we're going to go get, we're going to do the baptism service and we're just going to celebrate with you because of what Jesus has done. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I thank you for giving us this opportunity of being able to to help us have this symbol that is so much more than a symbol, but the ability to be able to say, I want to go public with my faith and I want everyone to know that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I'm wanting to bury all that stuff with him And I am ready to be raised into that new creation. Jesus, we love you. Right now that you would even just restore to us the joy of our salvation. And renew the right spirit within us. God, you're so good to us. And God, we love you. We worship you and I thank you for everything you're doing. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, prayer team will be up here. And so if you need prayer for anything, please come.